On today's episode, it's another Mailbag Monday special. From how long new GM Kyle Davidson's leash will be moving forward, to what the attendance will look like at the United Center this season, and how the Central Division standings will shape up at the end of this year, I'll answer all the questions I received in the past week right here on Lockdown Blackhawks. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Monday, September 12th. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at Jack Bushman2, or you could also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talkin' Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. If you're listening to the audio version of today's episode and you like what you're hearing, please be sure to go and show some support first by following the podcast which will only take a quick couple of seconds, literally just a quick click of the button. We'll be helping you boy out tremendously. Also, be sure to go and rate the show with five stars if you like what you're hearing today as well. And if you're tuning in through Apple Podcasts or through Spotify, then feel free to go and leave me a review. I always greatly appreciate getting some feedback from all you wonderful listeners out there. If you're a consistent and regular listener of the show, I greatly appreciate it. Make sure to go and leave a nice old review down below in the comments section. Uh, And last but not least, the best part about it all is that it's 100% for free wherever you may be listening to your podcast, whether that's through Apple Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, etc. It's all 100% for free. And if you go and follow the show right now, then you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. If you're not already watching the video version of today's episode, then you got to be sure to go and check out Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube because each and every episode moving forward is going to have a video uploaded to YouTube as well. So if you haven't done so yet, folks, please help the boy out. Go and subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube. It only takes a quick couple of seconds. Also, go and smash the like button down below for me as well. And a serious matter here, folks. I need you all to go comment down below and help me solve a great debate that's going on right now with my girlfriend. Not a whole lot going on in the world of the Chicago Blackhawks training camp. The Tom Curvers prospect showcase are right on the horizon, but not a whole lot's been going on in the past couple of weeks. So I decided to take this question a little bit outside of the box. I need you all to help settle a debate for me right now. What is the superior ramen noodles flavor? Is it chicken or is it beef? I need to know Give me your feedback right now down below in the comment section. You'll be helping me out tremendously. Thank you all. I know it's uh, a very random question, but I need your feedback. So be sure to go and comment down below uh, and let me know what the superior ramen noodle flavor is. All right, enough of that. Good afternoon, everyone. Thank you all for joining me on another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Blackhawks. And thank you all for making the show your first listen here to start off your day. Uh, Unfortunately, this episode is dropping a little bit later in the afternoon. Megaphone having some issues earlier uploading podcasts because of that. 
I decided to wait a little bit to, I actually did record an episode earlier, but I decided to record a second one here later today, just in case the Blackhawks decided to release their roster for the upcoming Tom Curvers Prospect Showcase, which begins in less than 48 hours. But as of this point, still no roster has been released, which uh, I was really looking forward to breaking down on the show here today. I think that might have to wait until tomorrow, but yes. That is right around the corner, the Tom Curvers Prospect Showcase held at Fifth Third Arena between the Chicago Blackhawks and the Minnesota Wild this year. Three practices, two scrimmages, one held on Friday night, the other coming on Sunday afternoon, really signifying the, so- the start of hockey season, folks. We are here, hockey season. Can't, can't believe it's already here. Uh, Offseason, even though it seems like not a whole lot has been going on for a while, I will say the summers always tend to go fast, but I couldn't be more stoked. We got football, NHL, college football is back, obviously. College basketball is coming up soon. The NBA, MLB playoffs, ah, the fall. There really is nothing better than all of that. But uh, with not a ton of Blackhawks news as of late, and also I don't know why the, the roster for the Tom Curvers showcase hasn't been released up to this point, but uh, I decided to dedicate this episode strictly to Mailbag Monday. I'm going to be answering a bunch of questions that I have gotten over not only just the past week, but a few of them I haven't been able to get to in recent weeks. So Uh, I definitely want to show everybody some love. I really appreciate you all asking me these questions week in and week out. I didn't get a ton on Twitter this week, though, which was a little bit weird. So if you're following me on Twitter, if you're following Talking Hockey on Twitter, come on, what are you doing? Don't just like them. Don't like the tweet. Go and actually comment down below. I need your help. I need your help. Fill up the questions on Mailbag Monday for you, boy, next week. Come back a little bit stronger, so I'll have more stuff to get into, but uh, still four or five questions that I wanted to answer on the show here today. Going to be a pretty quick Monday episode. Get y'all out of here in about uh, 15 or 20 minutes or so, and then you can enjoy the rest of your day, even though it is a pretty crappy Monday afternoon. I'm not going to lie. It's like 55 degrees outside, and there hasn't been an inch of sunlight all day long, it seems like. So um, hopefully it'll be better throughout the week, according to the old weather app, which is very unreliable on my iPhone. Uh, It looks like it's going to get better, so I'll keep my fingers crossed that that will be the case. Um, But getting now into some of the questions that I wanted to answer on the show here today, let me scroll down here and find them. Probably should have had that pulled up before, but oh well. Uh, The first question I wanted to answer this week came from Danny Cruz. This one was one of the ones I've been waiting to answer for a couple of weeks now because I, I've really been giving it some thought. The question that Danny asked me was, who do you think could be the next captain of the Chicago Blackhawks after Jonathan Taves leaves, whether that happens this season or sometime in the future? Who do you think will be the next captain? It's a really good question and, and a tough question to answer because while the Blackhawks are obviously in a full-blown rebuild and they're thinking about the future and the the name of the game is acquiring assets right now, whether that be young players or high draft picks, they still do have some veteran guys on the roster who, you know, they don't exactly match up with what they're trying to do right now on the ice, but you can't have a team of all rookies. We've heard Kyle Davidson say this, obviously head coach Luke Richardson will be feeling the same way. Um, So it really just depends who the Blackhawks 
who out of the older guys that are around right now, who do they intend to have stick around despite the team not trying to compete at this point right now? And it came down to a couple of guys for me. Uh, the first one was Seth Jones because he obviously has a full no movement clause. Even if he wanted to waive that, though, I don't know how many teams in the NHL, especially in this COVID conflicted cap situation that a ton of teams around the NHL are in right now, you know, not a whole lot of teams have cap space. Basically, no contenders have cap space as well. It's like, I don't think the Blackhawks are going to be able to move Seth Jones if they even wanted to, even if he wanted to, it would just be really hard for the Blackhawks to do that and for another team to take on that much money. And also, I feel like a lot of teams probably believe he's a little bit overpaid that Stan Bowman gave him a little bit too much money. So they probably, the Blackhawks would probably have to eat some money to move that contract as well. Things would just be too complicated. So I really do think Seth Jones uh, is here for the long haul in Chicago. And, you know, if he kind of embraces that, I really think he could be the next captain of this team. I heard, I remember in conversations that I've had with Jay Forster from Lockdown Blue Jackets over the years. And when this trade first went down, he said that while Seth Jones wasn't the most vocal guy, he was quietly the leader of that blue line there in Columbus. And if he was a little bit more outspoken, that's something that he could potentially grow into uh, with the Blackhawks as well. So I don't know. It's really going to come down to how Seth Jones, I think, feels about this whole thing. But he was the first one that stood out to me where you know, he's a little bit more of a veteran guy, but obviously the term that he has on his contract and that entire situation, he's probably tied to this organization for a long time. So if he embraces that, I wouldn't be shocked whatsoever to see him potentially be named the captain after Jonathan Taves. Uh, another one that came to my mind was Connor Murphy, someone who's already wearing a letter for the Blackhawks, has worn a letter for the past two years now, I believe, uh, only part-time, but it's it's clear that Murphy's a veteran leader on this blue line now. Uh, a really well-liked guy in the locker room, their locker room DJ too. Um, the question for Murphy though is, are the Blackhawks going to keep him with four years left on his deal when those four years probably aren't going to be very competitive for the team? Maybe the latter two or one, but they might be able to get something pretty decent in return for Connor Murphy if they were wanting to move him. So that's kind of the tough part about saying Murphy could become captain. I do think it would be a good fit, uh, but it just comes down to whether or not Kyle Davidson gets an enticing offer. If Murphy's trade value goes up kind of a down year this past season, but overall I, I think Connor Murphy is um, as sturdy as they come in, in his own zone and is reliable for the most part. He's been so reliable for the Blackhawks the prior few years to this one when the rest of the team around him really wasn't all that responsible defensively. Hopefully he'll have a bounce back year, and either that means good things for the Blackhawks or that means good things for Kyle Davidson too because he could maximize on that opportunity and acquire even more assets in the future if they wanted to go that route with Connor Murphy. But other than those two, it's, it's really hard to predict who's going to be a leader in two, three, four years. You know, Well, it does seem likely – more likely than not that Jonathan Taves is going to get traded before his deal runs up at the end of the season. Um, you never know what could happen, but e even then, I still feel like 
it's hard to say that any of the young guys are going to be in the mix. Like who knows what kind of player or leader Lucas Reichel is going to be still seems like a little bit of a shy kid who just came over from Germany not that long ago. Ian Mitchell maybe could be someone who could be in that group, but everyone's just so far away that it's, it's hard to tell. So outside of Seth Jones and Connor Murphy, I really don't know. I think those are definitely though the two most likely to take in, uh, take on that role after Jonathan Taves' inevitable departure at some point here in the near future. Uh, The next question I wanted to answer here before we get into our first break is how patient will the Wurtz family be with Kyle Davidson and what happens if this team continues to lose and lose? That came from Sam O'Neill. I really think it's just Kyle Davidson is going to have as much time really is it's going to take in order to get this team back to where they want them to be, whether that's four, five, six years. I mean, how can you really judge how good of a job he's done until that, that whole time span has gone down? Like it's clear that this is going to be a big process. There's no rush in the matter right now. The, The patient approach is in full effect. I think it's a very long leash on Kyle Davidson right now. If I had to guess, like, you really can't accurately judge what he's done until the Blackhawks get back to being competitive again. And look, if that takes more than five or six years, okay, then it's probably something to think about whether or not, hey, do we have the right guy in the GM chair right now? Um, but until then, I don't think you can really know. Um, it's going to be tough. And Certainly, we'll have to keep an eye on how a lot of the Blackhawks prospects, not only this year, but in the next two or three years, how they're playing for their respective junior hockey teams, collegiate programs, how they play for the Rockford Icehogs. All of that will kind of help paint the picture of, you know, what the upside could be for this organization in a few years. But like I said, it's it's just so hard to tell right now. I think Kyle Davidson has at least three years before that question even becomes a real thing before Kyle Davidson could even potentially be on the hot seat. So yeah, I think the Wurtz family is going to be really patient with him. Uh, They obviously liked him enough to give him this job, even though there were some other quality candidates that they interviewed too. And I had Davidson personally as like my third favorite out of the, what was it? Seven or eight people that they interviewed for the GM position, but they obviously liked him a ton. Uh, homegrown, knows this organization, knows, you know, kind of how he wants to go about things and what changes he wants to make. I don't think they're, you know, from not only an on the ice perspective and the prospects in the system, but I think Kyle Davidson, the Wurtz family should have a patient approach on him as well, because uh, there's really no way to know if he's the right person or not leading this rebuild until we're three, four or five years into the process. All right, there are the first couple of questions that I wanted to answer on today's Mailbag Monday special of Lockdown Blackhawks. Coming up in just a minute, I will be sure to continue to answer all of the questions that I've received recently. But first, real quick, I got to talk to you all about Athletic Greens and their new AG1 product, which is one scoop of AG1. You're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, probiotics, and more to help you start your day. This special blend of ingredients helps support your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. I mean, it really is an incredible product, and all you have to do 
is mix in one scoop with a glass of water every day. It's as simple as that. And I really do feel the difference when I take my one scoop of AG1, whether it's before I do this podcast in the morning or whether I go and hit the golf course with some of my buddies. I make sure to get my one scoop of AG1 to get me over the over the hill, get me an extra edge over my friends. I'm very competitive. And I really feel that I am dialed in and connected when I take my one scoop of AG1 every morning. And by the way, this product was founded when the the founder himself experienced a ton of gut issues and ended up on a complicated supplement routine in order to recover. That used to cost them $100 per day. But now Athletic Greens has an optimal and affordable nutrition routine that will cost you less than $3 per day, which is such an easy and cheap way to invest in both your health and your body. So make sure to head on over to athleticgreens.com right now slash athleticgreens.com slash NHL network right now. Excuse me. They're making it super easy for all you right now. They're giving away a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you got to do is go and visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network right now. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and to pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, folks, we're back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. Segment two, carrying over. Obviously, this is a special Mailbag Monday episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. The next question I wanted to answer comes from Bailey Kolasti. I think it's Bailey Kolasti. I'm not, uh, I butcher names all the time on here. Please don't take it personally. I'm just not the best with them. Happens all the time with NHL players I've never heard of. I'll say their last name wrong for the first time, but when I know it for sure, I won't ever miss it a second time. So Bailey, I apologize if I got that wrong. Hopefully I got it right. But more importantly, I'm answering your question here, which was breakout candidates for this year. Very straight to the point. Um, I've talked about this a couple of times actually on Mailbag Mondays already, but wanted to include your question, Bailey. I didn't want to leave you out. Uh, I think there's not very many, to be honest. I think Sam Lafferty is someone who I've I've referenced, a fan favorite already in Chicago. If he buries some of the opportunities that he gets, I really think he could be someone who scores 15 to 20 goals this season for the Blackhawks. Lucas Reichel, if he does, in fact, wind up making the NHL, he had a lot of chances in his first short stint up with the Hawks. Uh, I, I think, you know, he's done all the right things here in the offseason. He's gained some muscle, gained that extra weight to make him more difficult to defend when the puck is on his stick and when he's trying to make things happen in the offensive zone. I don't know how many NHL games Lucas Reichel is actually going to play in because playing with the Rockford Ice Hogs and trying to make a playoff push on that roster could actually be more beneficial, I think. So we'll see the approach, but I would throw Lucas Reichel in that group as well. Um, Andreas Athanasiu, although he's probably only going to be around here in Chicago for the first half before he's inevitably traded at the deadline. I think he's going to get a great opportunity early on in the year. I think he could be a breakout candidate. Same with Max Domi. He'll probably get at least a second line shot early on in the season. Um, Mackenzie Entwistle is someone who, you know, I don't think he's going to break out in a major way. He's never going to be an offensive stud or wizard or anything, but with his speed, I think he 
could be someone who has a little bit more upside than people realize. And I also remember when he was playing with Jonathan Taves and getting some chances inside the top six last year, he handled his own there. So Mackenzie Entwistle is also somebody I wouldn't forget about in the forward group. I'll throw Philip Kershev in that boat as well. Still very young, decent speed, offensive game. I think he could be a solid two-way player. The offense, probably the numbers are, I don't think they're ever really going to be standout-ish, but I think he could be a good role player one day. And, you know, it's tough given the Blackhawk situation right now where having good third liners who don't score a lot of goals really isn't an asset to the team. But uh, hopefully as the pieces around him start to get a little bit more, um, start to get better, that's really when uh, having a guy, a third liner like Philip Philip Kershev could actually come in handy for this Blackhawks team. Uh, On defense, Caleb Jones, I think, is someone who does a lot of things that not not a lot of defensemen on this roster can do, can skate, shut down the blue line, good first pass, walk the puck through the neutral zone and into the offensive zone, has a good shot. Uh, I, I keep my eye on Caleb Jones and I would also keep my eye on either Alex Vlasic, Alec Regula, or Ian Mitchell. I think one of those three are going to crack the Blackhawks roster come opening night. Uh, and whoever makes the team, I think they're going to get a, a good opportunity. And I like all three of them. Um, I think Vlasic and Regula probably have a slight edge over Mitchell at this point, but who knows? It all comes down to how things shake up in training camp. So. Uh, those are probably all my potential breakout candidates uh, that I would have in that conversation for the Chicago Blackhawks this season. Next question comes from Max J. Max asked, what do you think the attendance numbers will look like given the team is likely going to be brutal on the eyes this year? Yeah, good point. Um, I think the Blackhawks have done a decent job, at least from the few people I've talked to who or season ticket holders, or part-time season ticket holders. They've done a good job at cutting back some costs, and hopefully they give away some promotions or at least make things enticing for fans to come down to because, yeah, in all likelihood, probably not going to be a lot of wins at the UC this year. The one thing that could be working for them, though, is Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane could be gone by either the trade deadline or the end of the regular season. So if you want to come and see... Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves, potentially for the last time in a Blackhawks sweater. Now's your opportunity. Ticket prices probably aren't going to be all that expensive, even though they're still probably not going to be supremely cheap. It is an original six Chicago Blackhawks team. Fans are still going to be enticed regardless of the situation. But I think last year was a little bit of an eye opener to the front office because um, the second half, the United Center was pretty full, despite the Blackhawks not even being remotely close to playoff contention. But uh, there were some games, I think the scandal and everything with the Kyle Beach situation, that really made it tough for fans to go to the game because in October and November, it was gross. I mean, there were some games at the United Center where I, I couldn't believe how empty it was when I was looking around. So I don't think it's going to be that, but uh, I also don't think it's going to be full in the second half of the year either. Um, but we're we're going to see what happens. Fortunately, um, there are some really good Blackhawks fans out there who will follow this team through thick and thin that will continue to show up at the UC. But I also think it's going to take some help from uh, the organization side of things to make sure that fans uh, get some good bang for their buck, make sure that they get a good experience. and. Um, even though the team probably isn't going to be contending very much, the event itself and 
um, the venue and the food and all that stuff will make up for it. The prices won't be outrageous. I'll keep my fingers crossed on that. It is Chicago in today's world and nothing is expensive out there right now, folks, as I'm sure all of you know. Uh, but I, I do at least think the Blackhawks understand the situation they're in and they're going to do as much as they think they can in order to incentivize fans to come on down to the UC this year. So probably somewhere in the middle of the pack attendance wise, if I had to guess, but yeah, the days of the Blackhawks selling out each and every night, those are surely over. And uh, it definitely does feel a little bit different some nights at the UC when it's not a full house anymore. All right, folks, last break. I'm going to continue to answer questions here in just a minute, but uh, real quick, got to make sure to take a second to give some shout outs to all of our sponsors. All right, we're back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. Segment three, before I let you all go and enjoy the rest of your days, I have one final question to answer, and I see I'm already around 23, 24 minutes here, so I'll try to wrap this up real quick, let you all go and enjoy the rest of your Mondays. Fifth and final question I wanted to answer today comes from Noah Clarkson, who asked, what do you think the Central Division standings will look like come the end of the regular season? So I think everyone and their mother is going to say that the Colorado Avalanche are going to run it back here in the Central Division. Um, I think besides the goaltender position, which even was a doubt for me last year, and a reason why I picked Tampa Bay to win the Stanley Cup over them was because I just, I think come May and June, you got to have a good goaltender to win the Stanley Cup. And, you know, Darcy Kemper did a decent job for the Avs this past year, but the team in front of them were just, was just, way too good to fail. So um, I think the Avs are going to run it back. They just made another great signing today in Evan Rodriguez. They've done a good job of rounding out that roster. I see no reason why they wouldn't uh, win the Central Division here for uh, another year in a row. Um, Coming in second, interestingly enough, I am going to go with the Blackhawks division rival St. Louis Blues. I do have some questions about Jordan Bennington, and I've had questions ever since they won the Stanley Cup and gave him that contract. I understand that, you know, as someone who watched Brent Seabrook get overpaid and multiple other players sign these types of deals, I know that the price to do so was worth the Stanley Cup. But at the end of the day, those are the moves that kill teams and cost them from winning again in the future. They gave Jordan Bennington way too much term. He's unreliable. Sure, he had one good postseason run. I get it. He led that, that led to the Stanley Cup for the Blues. I still think he's a huge question mark. But the team in front of him, they have the defense to do it. They have great leadership up front. I like the St. Louis Blues to be competitive for a long time, uh, which is unfortunate because I actually hate them and their fan base, but I respect the team that they have. I think they're going to finish second place in the Central Division this year. Uh, coming in third, this is where things start to get interesting for me because it really could go any way. Um, I, I think Dallas is a team who really could surprise people. and. I was leaning towards them or Minnesota, but I think Dallas, even though they lost Klingberg, I really like what they have defensively. Jake Ottinger is one of the premier young goaltenders in the entire NHL. I'm going with the Dallas Stars to finish third in the Central this year. Right behind them, I'm going to go with the Minnesota Wild. I do think this Central division is going to be good enough where four teams, and maybe even more, wind up qualifying for the Stanley Cup playoffs. But I have the Minnesota Wild coming in fourth. 
Right behind them, though, I think it's going to be close. I do think the Nashville Predators are going to compete. Uh, they're going to be right there. I don't know if they're going to get in. Kind of depends how things are going to go in the rest of the West. But I have Nashville coming in right behind Minnesota in the five spot. Then I think there's going to be a decent gap. Winnipeg, they've just had the same core for too long. I do think Connor Hellebuck is going to be able to keep them relevant. But uh, this is just a weird team, man. Kind of like the Stars. I think they could finish up. I think they could finish down. Unfortunately, I like other teams in the division more than them. Uh, I think the time for this group to win has already passed. That's just my personal opinion. So I have the Winnipeg Jets coming in at sixth. Then the real question, folks, the question all you fans want to know, will the Blackhawks be bad enough to finish below the Arizona Coyotes and come in uh, dead last in this central division? I honestly don't know. Um, There is potential, I will say, in the second half of the year, if the Hawks move Jonathan Taves, Patrick Kane, Max Domi, Andreas Athanasiu, maybe more. Could see Colin Blackwell go. You could see Jake Cave, Connor Murphy go. Uh, there's a lot of guys. Sam Lafferty even could be in that group. There could be a lot of departures for the Blackhawks come trade deadline time. So uh, the second half could really get ugly for this team. But at the end of the day, I personally, as much as I want it to happen, uh, I don't think they're going to finish lower than the Arizona Coyotes in the standings. We'll see how things shake up. But on paper, I mean, Coyotes roster is just laughable. Besides Nick Schmaltz and Clayton Keller, this team is atrocious, and even with them, they've been bad forever. It's clear what they're trying to do, exactly what the Blackhawks are trying to do right now. The name of the game is future assets. How do you get those? It's unfortunately by losing a lot of games. I hope the Blackhawks finish below the Coyotes because it gives them a better chance at taking one of the potential franchise-altering players who will be available near the top of the 2023 NHL draft. But if I'm being 100% honest here, I think it's 70% chance that the Coyotes come in last, 30% chance that the Blackhawks come in last. That's the way I see it shaking up here in the Central Division, but that's why you play the games, because you literally never know, especially in this sport. For us Blackhawks fans, just just to be punished, I could see the Blackhawks sneaking away a fifth or a sixth. Probably not going to happen, but the hockey gods are cruel sometimes, and uh, they have been more than generous to us over the last 10 or 15 years or so with all the Stanley Cups and postseason victories that we got to watch. So um, we're, we're going to have to see how it goes, but uh, we'll keep our fingers crossed regardless of where the Blackhawks finish. Just hope that they're better off in the draft lottery. Hope that we get some luck there and that will result in us landing one of the top selections in the 2023 NHL draft, which again is seemingly priority number one for the Chicago Blackhawks heading into this upcoming season. All right, folks, that is going to wrap up Monday, September 12th episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. Thank you all again for tuning into the show and be sure to go and follow Lockdown Blackhawks right now, wherever you get your podcasts and go and subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube, and you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And after the show, be sure to go and check out the Lockdown NHL podcast for all the latest news and updates throughout the NHL offseason. It's free and available on all platforms, so you got to be sure to go and check out Lockdown NHL right now, wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, thank you for tuning into today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can check me out on Twitter at JackBushman2. 
Or you could also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talkin' Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And for any questions at all regarding anything related to the show or to the Blackhawks, feel free to email LockdownBlackhawks, all one word, at gmail.com. Or you could also hit me up on any one of my Twitter accounts. So until tomorrow's episode, thank you all again for tuning into the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.